Praise the Lord. Amen. Give Reverend Hoovy a round of applause. Great job. Phenomenal job teaching on that. I, I really enjoy when, when, when they, when, uh, even, you know, Debbie too, Debbie comes up here, teaches on, on giving. It's good, man. It's phenomenal. Uh, this is something that, that, that has changed a lot of people's lives. Um, you know, it's just really incredible giving and, and generosity. It, it opens up for the move of God. It really does in your own life. Pastor Mark says, givers hear what non-givers don't hear. So you hear differently when you give. I mean, you're invested, your heart's in it. Um, before I begin, uh, just uh, Joe's going to share a, a quick testimony, but I just want to give you a, you know, a little, um, I guess a little mini teaching, if you will, before I go into the Word. How many of you have done something, whether it's, uh, I don't know, uh, try to figure a problem out, try to, try to solve an issue, whatever it may be, and then you finally go, man, maybe I should pray about this. Like, like it's almost like the last resort. Like, like it's come to prayer. Oh my God, we gotta pray. But, but really, I mean, you know, we should pray to begin with, right? You, you'd avoid a lot of issues if you just pray. I remember working on houses, doing stuff in houses, like, Lord, what should I do here? And, and I just go and do my own thing and it's not working and the, whatever I'm trying to do is not, not fitting or, or, and I just, oh man, let me just pray. Lord, what should I do here? And he gives me the answer and I'm able to proceed with the project and my goodness, it works out. So that's that's kind of what Joe's going to share with you, but it's good that you hear from people in the congregation on how the Lord is moving, how the Lord is showing people things, because if he's done it for one, he'll do it for someone else. You know, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony, by the word of people's testimony. You get encouraged, you get life. Come on up here, Joe. Um, uh, you know, it, it, God has done an amazing work in Joe's life, right? Come on. Give the Lord a round of applause for what he's done in Joe's life. Thank you, Father. He's done some amazing things in Joe's life. And I know I've said this before. I prophesied this over your life uh, by the insp- inspiration of the Holy Ghost. That it's just the beginning. There's so much that the Lord has for you and everyone else here. But, you know, just, you know, not to the left nor to the right. Mark out a straight path, the Bible says. And when you stay on that path, man, it gets brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. And so that's your... You- that's a good, simple, God help me testimony. You know what I mean? The Lord helped me, showed up. I didn't know what was, prayed. The Lord helped me. God will do that for you, every little thing. You know, I'm amazed, man. Anytime I lose something, and, and I, I've got this down well, I just, the only thing I don't have is I need to do it quicker. But anytime I said, Lord, where's my keys? Help me. I always get them. Uh, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit shows me, brings back to my memory, and he'll show me exactly why I left it, where my phone is. Every time, I'm telling you, it works. And that's how you develop in hearing the voice of God. That's how you, you know, you start to get sensitive to that, and you start to recognize the voice. Uh, you, you know, you don't want to wait until you have to make a big, big decision to start learning. Learn now. I mean, the God will honor you down the road, but learn now, develop now. You don't go right to the major leagues. You start in single A, you go to double A, triple A ball, then you go to the majors. So single A is, Lord, I lost my keys. Can you help me? And he'll, he'll lead you. And then you, you'll develop and you'll start to use him in every area. He wants, he's the helper. He is the helper. He's there to help. Another word for the Holy Spirit is the helper, right? So, you know, he, he wants you to, to, to look to him for help. And, and, and I think it's something that is underutilized. Most people don't live that way. You know, and, and so our job as, as ministers is to give what the Lord has given to us. And one of the revelations the Lord has given to us, and we're developing this, by no means do I know it all, but we've seen some things, and hearing the voice of God, being led by the Spirit of God, how important that is. We've done teachings on that. I've done a couple of series on that here, but, and we'll, we'll, we'll revisit. How I many you know you got to revisit, right? Repetition leads to revelation. Repetition leads to retention. Repeating, repeating, repeating. You know, Brother Hagin, get up and just repeat, 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 repeat. He goes, well, well does, he, does he not know anything else? He, he'd say, well, when you get this, we'll move on to something else. Because, you know, the normal person needs to hear it. And everybody needs to hear things over and over. That's for everybody. If you have a testimony, we want to hear your testimony. Very important. So make sure you tell me, you let me know when we have time that you can come up here and share your testimony. Uh, so it's very important that people hear the victories in your life. What God is doing in your life is important and significant. So we want to hear that. And the people in the congregation need to hear that. Um, so if you would turn to Proverbs, and when Jordan gets back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have him put up there what we're believing for, and so we can link arms as a congregation. It's very important to do that. But Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 16, we're going to cover our love segment here, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading this because I think I need it more than anybody right now in general. This is a scripture that I have to read often because, uh, you know, the, I just, this is a, a fool, I'm going to read it to you and you'll know why. A fool is quick-tempered. Right. 
That's what it says in Proverbs 12, 16. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. <laughs> a fool is quick-tempered. I, I, I can, I can, I've been known to have a quick temper. I've been known to kind of get into my little mood and, 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 and see faults and see things in other people and, and try to get the speck out of someone else's eye before I take out the log in my own eye. And, and, and the Bible says a fool does that. A fool. How many of you have been tempted to be a fool? I'm not saying how many are fools. I'm saying how many you've been tempted to be a fool. Don't raise your hand to the other one. Right? A lot of us have been tempted to be a fool. A quick tempered. How many of you have dealt with quick tempers? Have it just have a temper? It just comes up and it's kind of hard to suppress. And, and you know, it's almost like you're being influenced because you are. Just like the spirit of God will influence you, the enemy will influence you. I'm not saying you're possessed, but you can be influenced by the enemy to where you almost you almost feel inspired. And when you're dealing with someone, you know what to say, like really, really good. You're like, man, that's really good. But really, it, it'll it'll hurt the other person. You, you know, when you get something really good, well, you know it's going to hurt them. You know what you're about to say is going to do really. It's going to really impact pack them it's gonna feel good for your flesh right how many of you been there right where it's it just comes up on the inside of you oh you're this this and this and you're that oh and you're like yeah i got him now i got him now that's a fool the bible says that is a fool a person who does that is a fool i'm trying not to be a fool Come on, I'm trying to stay away from that. I don't want to live my life like that. I, I don't want to be the person that flies off the handle I want to be able to control to control my temper it's not a sin to be angry. It's a sin to act upon that anger. You know, there's holy anger, there, there's righteous anger, but, but it, it, the Bible says that, that it, it's almost tougher to control that than to take down a, a walled city. It's tougher to control that than to take down a walled city. And so our jobs is to what? Fill our love. The only answer to this is to build our love tank. That is the only answer. Is to feed upon the word of God as it pertains to love. This way you, you, because, you know, if you, if you allow that to be depleted, just like a car when, when the gas runs down, what happens? It shuts down. If you don't take care of your car and do the proper maintenance, it'll shut down. The same thing happens with your spirit. If you don't maintain your spirit and continually feed it and do tune-ups, which is coming to prayer, going online, watching the Facebook, coming to church on Sunday, doing tune-ups, it it, it will leave you high and dry because your flesh will get stronger. All all you have to do for your flesh to get strong is nothing. You, You don't have to do a thing. You could stay home, do nothing, and your flesh will win every time. You have to actively do something in order for your spirit man to get strong. Actively. It, it, the Bible says, be renewed, be changed by the, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to consistently renew your mind. So that's why we go over this love chapter week in and week out. Because it is vital. Love, uh, faith, work it by love. Love is the principal thing. It's the number one thing in the kingdom of God. The number one thing is love. God is love. Come on. A step out of God is a step out of love. It's not because we're trying to fill the service. The sermon is secondary almost to love. Love is the number one thing. Nothing will work in your life if your love walk is jacked up. Come on. I know this is one of of those amens kind of preaching. I get it because we're listening, right? We're listening. How many of you are listening to me right now? How many of you are learning? And and so I I, I want us to work on this. If you have a temper, I I want you to control that temper. I'm talking to myself. I'm glad my wife ain't in here listening to the. No, no. I I have to work on this. And so I want to share this with you. Work on that. If you have a temper, if you're flying off the handle, if if you're letting your tongue loose, you know what I mean by letting it go for a little bit? You let it shoot. You're like, come back back here. That's enough. That's enough tongue. That's enough. We did our job. I mean, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. We just let your tongue loose for a minute and let somebody have it. Come on. I'm good at letting somebody have it. Come on, I know what to do, and, and so I'm trying to stay away from that. But I'm telling you right now, the only way to do that is by feeding on love. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, or chapter 13, 4 through 8. There are many, many, a lot of you have this book, and someone said they have the newer one, which is the one I have here. The one that Joe got us was great because that one, Pastor Mark had just come up, come out with that book when we went to that conference. So he didn't have the whole book together. He had a, a pre uh, uh, published one or whatever they call it. And so he wanted to get the book into people's hands. So he, he published it fast, but he had some things that he wanted to add to it. Um, so some of us have that one, but either one, uh, they're both phenomenal. They're both have, have, have the scriptures in different, um, versions that that'll help you it's good to read scriptures in different versions how many of you know that right it's good to read to study to learn to find out the meaning of things if you come across a verse in the bible and you don't know what it means don't keep going 
Don't keep going. Find out what it means. Go back. Study it out. I don't care if it takes you your whole study time. It's better to, to stay and to understand than to just keep moving. I've done that, man. I, when I first started, even now, I'll come across something. I'm like, I don't know what the heck that means. I'm just going to keep reading. But the Bible, nothing in the Bible is, is irrelevant. There is no scripture in the Bible that is irrelevant, meaning it's just there to fill space. Nothing. Nothing. It's very important that you that you uh, you don't skip over it and and find versions that work for you. Some are better than others, and some you know are inaccurate. But but uh, the Spirit will help you. The Spirit will help you in these things. But I I, I didn't want it to stay away from the Bible because I King James version these thou's all that you know that was tough for me and I that was in my kind of English. We don't talk like that. So a lot of people are intimidated by that, and I get that. I understand that. But you can get the new King James version, right? You you can get the NLT. You can get a lot of different versions and now everything's online and pastor henry has the e-sword on the sword the e-sword what do you have e-sword the the app that you have that you read on there the concordance and everything what's it called the app that you have pastor henry sword my sword my sword app has has the 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 concordance where you click you see the the definition of the word these are tools to help you study the other thing, uh, date, the date study Bible. I've talked about this Bible before. It is phenomenal. It's the number one Bible I use to study. D-A-K-E. Dake. The Dake study Bible. And it has notes. It's just, it's so good. It's a spirit-filled guy. A lot of commentaries out there, but you want one from someone who's spirit-filled. Come on. Someone who, who's Holy Ghost spirit-filled, who's, who's in line with what we're talking about here with the word. And so these things are important for your study time. You need to have a time to study. Plan to grow or plan to fail. Uh, come on, plan to grow or just plan to fail. You need to have a plan in place to grow. It's not going to happen by accident. You're not going to get to the next level in life by accident. You're, you're not. You have to intentionally do something to change the circumstances in your life. Come on, the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same, expecting a different result. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. Come on. Right? So there are things that we need to adjust and change. And the Holy Spirit will help you. There's grace available. Whenever I give an altar call, you'll hear me say, you come to the Lord just as you are. God's grace will help you change anything that you need to change. You don't have to do this alone. Come on. But the, the, the thing is, what you do have to do is take, make an effort. To say, you know what, I'm going to the next level. Say, I'm going to the next level. Come on, we don't want to go around the same mountain over. You don't want to be in the same place year after year. You look back last year, oh, we didn't really increase that much. We're at the same place, and I'm still the same. No, you need glory to glory, victory to victory. You keep climbing. You keep going. Come on, you keep reaching goals. You keep going and going and going until the Lord calls you back. You're, you're called to do something on this earth, and it's not called to stay stagnant. You're called to advance the kingdom of God. Come on. And that that starts with you. That starts with you. So very important that you have a study time. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8, TPT version, which is the Passion Translation. Love is large. And this one just doesn't say love is large and patient. It says love is large and incredibly patient. Love is incredibly patient. That takes patient to a new level. Incredibly patient. You know, incredibly patient. How many of you uh, may have been impatient a time or two in your life where somebody's talking to you like, oh, or, so, or you need to do something like, uh, uh-uh. love is incredibly patient. Incredibly patient. One version says, this might be it. No, it doesn't. Incredibly patient with imperfect people. Love is incredibly patient with imperfect people, right? Maybe your son is imperfect. Maybe your husband's imperfect. Maybe your daughter's imperfect. Maybe your wife is imperfect. Come on. Maybe maybe your cousin's imperfect. Maybe your client's imperfect. Maybe your boss is imperfect. But love is patient with imperfect people. Patient. Patient. I'm not talking about love is a doormat, but love is patient with people. Love doesn't uh, cut people off. Love doesn't uh, shut people down. Love is patient. Amen. Love is patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievement nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Just like we just read in Proverbs. Love is not easily irritated. Say, I'm not easily irritated. And then it says, love is not quick to take offense. You could say that. Say this. Say, I am unoffendable. 
Man, if you become unoffendable, my God, I'm telling you, man, there's, there's nothing the Lord can't use you to do. Because, listen, the Lord can only use you and I to the level in which you can handle criticism. Their persecution will come. Do you know if, if people, you know Jonathan Shuttlesworth? I mean, you know Jonathan Shuttlesworth is ministry, right? He, 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 man, he's doing some amazing things. And do you know that someone sent him in the mail a pair of children's underwear and, and a dollar bill stapled to it said they're going to come for his daughter? You know, just nasty, nasty, wicked, wicked things. That's disgusting on any on, on every level. But but okay. But how many? You know, most people would just say this ain't worth it. Let's shut this down. You know, uh, uh, how many wives would say yeah, I'm, I'm leaving you when you get out of the ministry? I'm gonna, uh, you know, then 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 call me. Uh, this ain't worth it. No, you're gonna face criticism and persecution. You're gonna face it. Lord will protect you. But these things are sent to to try to derail ministries. Imagine if he folded because of that. A ministry that's called to impact this generation and this nation and around the world would fold because of, of something someone said to try to derail them. Come on. Right? So there are things that the Lord wants to do in your life, but you're allowing criticism and you're allowing persecution to, to, to snare you. Or fear of man snare you. That's a, that's a form of, of, of persecution. So the, the fear of man is a snare. Well, I don't want to do that because of what they're going to think and what they're going to say and, and what they're going to do. No, no. You do what the Lord calls you to do regardless of what someone else thinks. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. You don't take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. Listen to me. Love never takes failure as defeat. You may have failed, but you are not a failure. Come on. Can I get an amen? You may have failed, but you are not a failure. You may have made a mistake. You may have done something you shouldn't have done. You may have not done something that you should have done. Hey, brush yourself off. Come on. Come on. Ask for forgiveness and get back on the horse. Get back on the horse. Because, you know, that's one of the things that I struggle with. I, I'd, I'd make a mistake and I feel like, man, I got to start from ground zero. And I do good for six months and I make a mistake. And I feel like all that hard work down the drain for nothing. I, you know, this mistake, back to ground zero. And I'm just tired of this. You know, I get up here and I just fall. I get up here and I just fall. No, you just keep getting back up. Keep going. And I'm telling you right now, you'll go places you never thought you'd, you'd ever go. Come on. Just keep going. Just keep going. Come on. Just keep going. Don't quit. The Bible says if you don't quit, you win. Galatians 6, 9. If you don't get weary in well-doing, you shall reap. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Amen. All right, we're going to continue with our Believer's Authority series. We, uh, we, we gave an intro last week on the Believer's Authority. And I said, I said, uh, you know, believer's authority is not just available to the believer. It's necessary for the believer. In these last days, you need to know how to operate in the kingdom of God. You need to know the authority that has been given to you as a child of God. In these last days, uh, listen, most people don't operate the way we're, we're teaching, the way we know how to operate. Most, most churches are going are to have a hard time because... The devil's going to have a heyday. You know, the seven sons of Sceva, where, where, where they were casting out devils, but, but the devil didn't listen. So the devil doesn't listen to anybody. The devil listens to people who, who know who they are. The devil listens to men and women who, who know the authority that has been given to them. What is authority? Authority is delegated power. Delegated power. It's like the best, the best, um, analogy that I know to give is, is the police officer. We talked about this last week, the police officer. He doesn't have the power per se in himself, the human man, the, the police officer, to stop traffic. The, if a car wants to blow past him, he'll run him right over, right? But the police officer has the authority because of that badge, and we know that he has the authority, so we listen. He could say, stop right there. He doesn't have the strength to stop the car, but because of the authority that's vested in him, we stop. If someone out there is not a police officer, we'll blow right by. Who the heck are you stopping the traffic? You ain't a police officer. You're, you're not, you don't have authority, so we blow past them. That police officer has authority that the state, the government, or whoever he works for has given that person to operate on their behalf. And that's the authority we have. Go to the Ephesians. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Ephesians. So whose authority do we operate under and how did we get that authority is, is, is what I'm going to answer here because you need to know. You need to know Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, 
chapter 1, starting in verse, uh, let's go to verse 19, verse 19, 1, 19. I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly, uh, seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, you know, the right hand is a place of authority. Verse 21. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. How, 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 how above is he? Far above. Somebody say far above. He's far above. Nah, right? Now he is far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else. Not only in this world, so it means in this world, he's above everything in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of what? The church. Who is the church? You and I, right? You and I are the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So you see, God has made Jesus, God has put Jesus in a place of authority. He has placed him far above all names, all authorities, placed him far above every name that is named, right? So Jesus has a place of authority over everything in this world. How many agree? How many see that in the Bible? We see that, right? We see that Jesus has been given the highest authority in this world and also in the world to come. And so you'll see in Luke 10, Luke 10, 19, turn there. If you have your Bible, turn there. It's very important that you get your eyes on this. Luke uh, 10, 19. You're welcome. Luke 10, 19. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. And I'm going to go back and forth. Sometimes I'll read out of the King James, sometimes New Living. It's depending on what I'm, what I'm going to be sharing here. But 1019 says, Behold, I have given you authority. So this is, him, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Behold, I have given you authority. So Jesus has been given the power and authority in heaven. And he's telling his disciples, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Now, when he says serpents and scorpions, he's not talking about snakes and scorpions. That, that's another word for devils and demons. Devils and his cohorts. So those, uh, the devil and all, all his little demons, you have been given authority. Well, well, no, no, Joe, that says, that says to his disciples. That's, you know, a lot of people, that's, that's their line of thinking. Jesus has authority. He's given it to his 12 disciples and then he gave it to the 72. But what about us? What about us? Well, let's, let's take a look at that. Uh, what on, on Matthew 10, 1 also says, if you're taking notes, we don't have to turn there, but Matthew 10, 1 says, and when he called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kind of disease. Because, you know, Jesus came to this earth and he, he, you know, well, that's Jesus. He had power. Now we see he gave it to other people, but Jesus came in form of a man. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. So he operated just like we would operate with the Holy Spirit upon us. Everything Jesus did as a man with the Holy Spirit upon him and the authority that he has, we can do in this earth. Come on. How many of you believe that? We can do that. He said, greater works. You, you will do the same works that I'll do, but not only that, you'll do greater works. Come on. So that, that shows you that he's saying that you and I will also do this. You and I will also have this power. And so what you tolerate will continue. Come on. What you tolerate will continue. Someone here told me they had a pain. They heard the teaching last week. They had a pain. And normally they would say, oh, you know, I'm, the pain will go away. But no, they decide, you know what? I'm going to take authority. In the name of Jesus, pain go. And that pain left. Come on. It has to leave. It has to. It has to leave. Because every name that is named is under the name of Jesus. Jesus is higher than any name. And so you're not saying pain go. No, you're saying pain go in Jesus' name. Just like you know, you ever seen an old movie? Stop in the name of the law. Come on. They're not saying stop because Joe Spence said so. They're saying stop because they're, they're, they're operating under authority and they're saying in the name of the law. Right? So they're using the name of the law to be able to exercise their authority. How many of you with me here? Right? So Jesus is the name that we use. That's why we say in the name of Jesus. We don't just say that for just to say that because he's our Lord and Savior. We use that because that's where the power is. Jesus is the power. He is the power. And you and I have been given that power. 
So we're going to look at even how Jesus operated and how he dealt with devils and unclean spirits. How many you know we're supposed to be like the master? Come on. We're supposed to be like the master. Our goal is to operate as close to the master as possible. I want to do things the way Jesus did them. Come on. How many of you want to do things the way Jesus did them, right? We want to do things the way he did it. So we're going to take a look and see. Uh, but if you're taking notes, I'm going to backtrack here. Go to Genesis because I covered this last week. But Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I, I like Bill Winston has a great sermon on this. I love hearing about this, the way he talks about this. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have what? Dominion over all the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the earth and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be fruitful. You're supposed to multiply, replenish the earth and what? Subdue it. Come on, subdue it. That's how God created us. He created us to have dominion in this earth. Dominion over the things of the earth. That's that's what God created us to do. Now, when Adam fell, he handed that power over to Satan. But when Jesus came, he redeemed us back to our rightful place. And he's in that new covenant has now given us that authority that God intended for man to have back in Genesis. To subdue the earth. To have dominion. I say this a lot because I, mean, I enjoy hearing it. You're not called to compete. You're called to dominate. Come on. You're called to dominate every thought that comes against the knowledge of God. You're called to dominate every circumstance and situation that comes against your life that is not of God. You have the ability to dominate your situation. Come on. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. Say, I'm called. Say, they say, I am called called to dominate. dominate. That's right. To dominate. And, and, and I believe the Lord emphasized this series to me to teach uh, because it's important. Uh, all of them are important. But in, in these last days, like I said, it's important. That's why the series before this or the one before that was how to overcome. And we focus on the battlefield of the mind, right? How to win the battle in the mind, right? How, how to fight the thoughts that come. Because not every thought is from God, right? I mean, no, not every thought is from God. Now, I heard a story of a man who was um, who was was visiting a skyscraper in a big city. He was up at the top of the skyscraper, and he looked down, and he said, wow, we're really high, man. Those cars look so small from up here. He's just enjoying his time. And a thought came to him, why don't you just jump? Why don't you just jump? And I really like his answer. He said, he looked and he said, huh? Why don't you jump? I'm not jumping. I said, man, that's good. That's good. But you know, how many people, how many, you know, most people, uh, well, he, he understood that, you know, uh, thoughts come from, from other places. The devil can give you a thought. But most people, but why am I thinking about that? And that's a, bad, that's a bad question to ask because the devil comes around and says, because you're suicidal. What? I'm not suicidal. Yes, you are. No, no, no. Yes, you are. You were just thinking about jumping, weren't you? Oh, I guess I am suicidal. I guess I am. Next thing you know, they're in the doctor's office, all messed up, taking pills because a thought came to them. But they didn't recognize that that thought is from the enemy. They're perfectly fine, nothing wrong with them. But a thought came to them from the enemy, and they allow it to linger. Instead of saying, that thought ain't, get out, I ain't jumping, you jump, you stupid devil, get out of here. But you know, a lot of people get messed up like that. A lot of people get messed up because they think that they can't control their mind. They think that they have to put up with any thought that comes to their mind. They think that, man, if the thought came, there must be their own thought. How many of you know your thoughts are not your own sometimes? Come on. There's a spiritual source to every thought. So the thought can come from you, can come from heaven, can come from the devil. But there's a lot of people messed up right now, taking all kind of pills because they latched on to the thoughts. I'm suicidal. And talking about they're in the mental, you know, they're having a great job doing well. And what the heck happened to them? How'd they get into the psych ward? Oh, they just got suicide. Nobody really knows. I know. They let, they let their, their, their mind run wild and they didn't restrain their mind. Come on. You have dominion over your thoughts. You have dominion over your thoughts. And so go to Luke 4.35. And thoughts really, all they are is temptation. Temptation to lack either way. Temptation. And temptation is not a sin in and of itself. Being tempted is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in all things, but yet he didn't sin. So I know temptation is not a sin. So when temptation comes, you bombard your mind, you have authority over those. Let's look at how Jesus dealt with this. Go to Luke 4, Luke 4, I'm going to start in the 35th verse. How many are you getting something out of this this morning? Luke 4, 35. Say not ye, there are yet four, oh, is that right? Let me 
many see here? Look for there are. No. Well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just. Yeah, but where am I right here? Oh, I'm in John. No wonder why. <laughs> that ain't right. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to read it out of here. I know it's behind me, but I'm going to read it out of here. Verse 435. All right. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, go, go back to 34. Can you put 34 in there? Just type 34 in there. It's good to lead in sometimes. I, actually, I'm going to start verse, verse 33. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, let, let us alone. What have we done with thee? Thou art Jesus of Nazareth, art thou? Or, or do you come to destroy me? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. The devil recognized who Jesus was. Verse 35. And Jesus, what? rebuked him. Rebuke is a harsh tone. Rebuke means they did it in a stern manner. Jesus didn't tiptoe around this. Rebuke is a, is a hard, hard correction, a hard, uh, uh, you know, a tone of voice. He rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. Hold thy peace is, is King James for shut up, <laughs> right? Hold thy peace is King James for shut up, right? So we see Jesus, right? This is Jesus. Hold thy peace or shut up and come out. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. So how does Jesus handle devils? Two very simple words. Shut up and come out. Come on, let's practice, church. Shut up and come out. Come on, one more time. Shut up and come out. Very simple. That's pretty much the only two things you need to know about dealing with the devil. Shut up and come out. Come on. Jesus didn't, did Jesus sound scared here? Well, this guy has a devil. He looked at this. Could you imagine Jesus turning to the disciples? Pray, guys. Pray, 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 pray. I don't see that in here. Pray, pray. This guy, he's got a devil. Pray. Just pray, pray, pray. No, he got a devil. Okay. Shut up and come out. And what happened? The devil came out. He came out. There's no need to do. And what I notice here is Jesus didn't talk to the man. Jesus didn't talk to his father. He talked to the devil. Come on. He didn't talk, he didn't pray, he didn't talk to the man, he talked to the devil. He talked directly to that spirit. And that spirit knew, that spirit knew who was talking to him. And I'm telling you right now, the, the devil knows your name. Come on, how I many you know the devil knows your name? He knows when you talk, he's got to go. Come on. That's why the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee. Because if you know who you are, he's running. He don't want to mess with you. If you know who you are, he's running. Not to say he won't come back because he likes to circle back around to see if he can get you again. But if you resist, if you resist, he has to flee because he knows. He knows who you are. He don't want to mess with you. He knows if you say shut up and come out, he's got to go. Come on, a thought comes to your mind, shut up and come out. Oh, well, you're, you know, you're a loser. You're, you're, you're a nothing. You're a failure. You've never done nothing with your life. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shut up. Let's practice, church. Shut up and come out. Very simple. That's Jesus. That's how Jesus handled this, these kind of things. So you and I have authority to be able to take care of business. Uh, let's, John 4, 12, 14, 12, you don't have to turn there. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works. I talked about that, but just so you have a reference, John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same work I have done and even greater work because I'm going to the Father. Do you believe in Jesus? He said, you'll do the same work, meaning you can do this right here. You, what I just told you, you can do, and you can do it greater. My goodness, that's encouraging to me. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, you, in Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 27, the Bible says what? Give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil. If you didn't have authority over the devil, how could you give him no place? If the devil can do with you what he wants, uh, then, then, then there's no way you can give him no place. If you give him no place, that means you have authority over him. That means you are stronger than the enemy. You possess power on the inside of you to be able to put him in his place. To say, no, 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 you get no place in my life. You get no place in my life. No place. You have the ability on the inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. Resurrection power. Come on. Let this be a reality in your spirit. You give the devil no place. Say, I give you. Say, devil. I give you no place. No place. 
If God is expecting you to give the devil no praise, that means he's giving you power to do it. God will never tell us to do something that we can't do. Never, never. He'll never tell you to do something that you can't do. But in a lot of churches, rituals replace results. Rituals replace results. You go to the Catholic church, you know, you've got the beads. It's a ritual to pray with the beads. And Santa Maria, Madre de Dios in Spanish. And you, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Hail Mary, Mother of God. It's a ritual. It replaces results. I want results. Glory to God. I want to, I want to see the power of God, the manifestation of God like I've never seen it before. In a lot of churches, experience is replaced with an explanation. Well, they didn't get healed. Well, you know, God's mysterious ways. And well, I don't see God prospering me. Well, maybe he's teaching you a lesson. They just explain things away. I don't need the Bible. If the Bible said it, I believe it. And that settles it. Come on. I don't explanation, 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 nothing. If the Bible said it, I believe it. And that settles it. Come on. A lot of churches explain things away. God doesn't need you explaining uh, what he said, why it didn't come to pass away. God needs you to have faith in him so that he can move on your behalf. God is a respecter of faith, not of people. Faith is what determines what happens. Faith. Those that come to God must believe that he is. In other words, must believe that, uh, have faith in him and, and believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So that's most of the church. Most of the church ritual replaces results and experience is replaced with an explanation. And listen, if that's what you want, there are so many churches that have every, you could, they're by the dozens, there's plenty of that. That ain't here. That is not here. That is not here. Plenty of rituals and explanations and traditions, a lot of tradition, uh, you know, that's just what we do here and my grandmother did that and ah, rituals, explanations and, 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 and uh, tradition. I, I'm not trying to do that here. I, I don't, I don't have no interest in any of that. I'm interested. I don't know about you. I'm interested in experiencing God, experiencing prosperity, experiencing victory, freedom, protection, healing. Come on. I'm, I'm, I want to experience being led by the supernatural God, right? That's what I'm looking to experience. How about you? Come on. That's what we're here to do. We're here to lean in. Listen, I'll take experience all day over ritual, tradition, all of that. This church right here will experience the power of God like never before. I believe that this church right here will experience the manifested glory of God like we've never experienced more than we can think or imagine. I believe the glory of God will explode in this place. I really believe that. We're at the tipping point and I believe the building, the building that we're getting ready to move into or believe in God for it will be, will be the catalyst, the catalyst for the growth and explosion of this church. Come on. I believe that and I've gotten the word from the Lord. Other people have confirmed it, but it's tied to the building. Just want to point that out there. It's tied to the building. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're here to what? Preach and teach the word of faith. Come on. Minister healing to the sick and call those that are in darkness into the light. That's what we're here to do at Life in Christ. Preach and teach the word of faith. That revelation that has changed our lives. Paul said that the word that we preach, the word of faith. That's what we do. I'm preaching what Paul preached, the word of faith. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. So now you see you have authority over thoughts. Now we're going to look at having authority over sickness. Go to Luke. Well, you're in, if you're in Luke, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. The 38th verse. After, lead, after leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went. Actually, let me read out of the, new, out of the King James, but... Whatever version you have is fine. Luke 4.38. I just read. All right. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simeon's house. And Simeon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. And they besought him for her. And, and you know, this is Luke's account, by the way. Luke was what? How many of you know what Luke's profession was? He was a doctor, right? He was a doctor. Verse 39, and he stood over her and rebuked, as that word rebuked again, right? So we saw how Jesus handled the first devil. Now he's handling another one. He's talking to sickness. So, you know, a spirit of infirmity, a sickness, like fever. And that's why, you know, uh, a lot of times Brother Hagen would say, you know, I pray for people. But, but a lot of times I was speaking to the sickness, speaking to the sickness directly. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever. So he's talking to fevers. Can a fever hear? Huh? Can a fever hear? Well, let's find out. 
The next verse, and it left her. I guess it can hear. <laughs> he rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately she arose and ministered unto them. That's the best, uh, you know, thing you can do once you receive your healing. Get up, minister to me. That she was serving. She got up and started serving. Man, you get healed, you get touched by God, get plugged right in. That, that's what I've been talking. That's what I'm talking about, Joe. Getting plugged right in. When you get touched by God, you get plugged in. Things happen. That's amazing. Now when they, uh, okay, so now when they, the sun was set, setting over them, all they had, all. They that had any sickness with divers diseases brought them unto her, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Again, you see here when he came, he didn't say, oh, Father, Lord, please heal them, Father. Oh, I'm your son. I'm here. Please heal them. Come on. I need you to. No, 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 no. He spoke to the sickness, commanded it to rebuke. There's that word rebuke, right? In a good, harsh tone. Like, man, like you mean business. I'm not, the devil, you don't have to get all crazy, but you need to speak just like the fervent prayer of a righteous man. Fervency does something. When, when you say it a certain way, like, you know, I talk to my dog, Milo, come here, Milo. He don't listen. Milo, get over here. Pew, he comes flying. There's something about having a voice of authority when you know that the God of heaven and earth is backing you. Man, something happens. That's right. Rebuke. Rebuked. He said he rebuked the fever and it left. You and I have authority over sickness. Come on. Over sickness. Sickness is a name, right? Sickness is a name. Cancer is a name, right? If a, fe- if a fever will listen, high blood pressure will listen. Arthritis will listen. Come on. A tumor, a growth will listen. Come on, right? Praise the Lord. Eyes will listen. Ears will listen. Right? Stomachs will listen. Praise the Lord. Come on. You have authority over these things. What you tolerate will continue. You and I have to make a decision to stand firm and to, to not give any place to the devil. <laughs> any place. You see the devil try to creep over here. Oh, devil, I see you. Pew! Ah! See ya. Shut up. Let's practice. Shut up and come out. Right? The two things you need to know, shut up and come out. That'll take care of it. Shut up, come out in the name of Jesus. And boom, just like the fever, gone. Praise God. Just that that thought, gone. Let's look at one more and we'll close. Praise the Lord. He wasn't talking to God. He, was, he wasn't talking to her. Just want to repeat that. I said that, but I, it's very important that you understand. Jesus didn't say, he didn't pray to God and he didn't say anything to her. He spoke directly to that sickness. We speak to the mountain. We don't talk to God about the mountain. We speak to the mountain in faith and that mountain has to move. In this case, the mountain was a fever. So you have the ability to do that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's look at one more. Luke 8, 22. Luke 8, 22. The authority, we're talking about the authority of the believer. You and I are believers, and we have authority. Hallelujah. Luke 8, 22. Now it came to pass, now it came to pass on a certain day that they went into the ship with the disciples, and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. Verse 23, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. (laughs) And jeopardy means what? They were in danger. The storm came, waves, wind, they're out there trying to get to the other side. Verse 24, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. (laughs) Then they arose Oh, then he arose and what? And what? Rebuked. Is that word rebuked again? And rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. <laughs> again, Jesus doesn't sound scared here. He got, he get in the boat. You can picture him getting on, oh, going to the other side. Jesus falls asleep. Storms start to happen. Like, oh, well, let me just continue reading because, and, 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 because uh, very, very important. Verse 25. And he said unto them, where is your faith? In other words, why couldn't you do this? Where the heck were you? You have, a, you have the ability to do this. Why didn't you do this? Why are you telling me to do this? That's what that means to me. Where's your faith? And they, be, be, being afraid, wandered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commanded even the winds and water, and they obey him. Jesus was expecting them to do this. He had given them the power and the authority to do it, and, and they, didn't, they, they, they saw trouble, just like Peter when he walked on water, listened to the command of Jesus and the word of the Lord, and he did the impossible, walked on water. But as soon as the, the storms and the, the things of life started coming, he started to sink because he took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking to the circumstance. That's why he sunk, right? Did the impossible as long as he kept his eyes on the Lord. But back to the story here. Jesus, 
gets woken up by the disciples. Jesus, here's what he said. Jesus, could you imagine Jesus? All right, boys, gather around, gather around. I don't know why in the midst of this wonderful ministry the Lord has chosen to to take us, but but let's just gather around and hope for the best. God works in mysterious ways. No, that's what most, I'm not making fun, but that's what most people do. Well, the Lord, you know, he he does his thing, and I don't know why he's doing this, boys. No, he, in the name of Jesus, he he, he used the authority to cease and desist, and boom, that stopped. The storm stopped. You and I have that ability. He didn't, he didn't pray to God again. Again, he didn't pray to God. He spoke to the storm, and the storm listened to him. A lot of people are, are and, and the other thing, if, if he thought that that, if that storm would have been from God, he would have never rebuked it. Why would he be uh, going against his father's will? He said, I do nothing that I don't see my father do, and I say nothing that I don't hear my father say. He, he's not going against the will of God. A lot of people attribute tornadoes and storms to God. You think God is sending tornadoes and lifting up trailers and killing babies and, 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 and killing old people? No, sir. No, sir, no, ma'am. That's not my God. My God, an act of God. I don't, and ministers, ministers of the gospel will come and say, I, I don't know why God sent that, that tornado and God, you know, just wanted another angel and, and God. No, no, no. God is not out there killing babies and old people and none of that. That's not God. Come on. It's not an act of God. Right? Jesus had authority over those things. So you and I have authority. Come on. Did you get something out of that this morning? I want this to get on the inside of you. We're going to walk and talk like we like we know that who is backing us. When you have a, an army backing you, you talk differently. Amen. And you have backup. Listen, my, my brother talked differently when I was behind him, when he was talking to somebody, right? I talk differently knowing my brother and my cousins behind me, right? If it's just me, hey, no problem. But my brother, hey, whoa, what's up, man? What's up? Right? You have backup, and we have the ultimate backup. You have the king of kings on your side. We have the king of kings. Come on. The king of kings. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There are more for you than those that are against you. Remember that. The devil, oh, you're all alone. No, no. All of heaven's army is backing me. Glory be to God. Jesus has been given authority. He's delegated that authority to me. As he is, so am I in this earth. I'm a joint heir. Come on. I have authority over sickness and disease. Come on. I have authority over thoughts, storms. You can speak to the weather. Do you know that? Obviously, we just saw you can speak to the weather. I command this rain to stop in the name of Jesus. Come on. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, if you, I don't believe that. Then you'll never do it. It'll never work for you. Never. You have to believe it. Well, get up on your feet. Hallelujah. Wonderful service. Wonderful time in the presence of God. Hallelujah. If you're in this place and you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, do not leave here today without doing that. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. To receive Jesus into your heart. To know that you know that if you were to die today, that heaven is your home. If you do not know that heaven would be your home if something were to happen to you today, then you need to pray that prayer. It's a very simple but powerful prayer. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is, is, is Lord, you will be saved. Very simple. All you have to do is repent of your sins and accept them into your heart. And he'll change the course, the destiny, the course of where you'll spend eternity. Because you'll spend it in one of two places. You'll spend it in, 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 in hell or in heaven. Hell is a real place. We don't talk about it much, but hell is a real place. The Bible says there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. A terrible place. Not meant for you and I. It's meant for the devil and his cohorts. Not for you and I. Jesus sends no one to hell. He gives you the ability to choose. He says he puts before you life, death, blessing, cursing. Choose life. He's imploring you to choose life. Today is your opportunity to choose life. Well, Pastor Joe, I need to clean up my life before I come to God. No, no, no. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You come to him just as you are and he'll give you the grace and the strength to change anything that you need to change. If that's you in this place and you'd like to pray that prayer, just slip up your hand. Slip your hand up and I'll be happy to pray with you. Well, praise God. For those that are watching, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of all my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I thank you for your mercy. I believe... That you are the son of God. I receive you into my heart. 
and I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified, that you died, and on the third day rose again. I believe that you are the Son of God. Change me. Use me. I want your plan. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible, uh, well, the next step is to get into a good Bible-based church where they're preaching and teaching the Word of God. It's a very essential part. It's just the beginning of a new precious life in God. But you need to know how to operate in the kingdom of God. Not all churches are the same. You need to go to a church where they believe that miracles, signs, and wonders are still for today. It makes all the difference. Today we're talking about believers' authority. Most churches won't preach that. Most churches don't operate that way. But we know that God has given us authority to, 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 to destroy the work of the enemy. And that's what we're going to endeavor to do. If you live in Lancaster, we want to invite you to come to Life in Christ, 426 South Queen Street on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And if you're somewhere else, reach out to me. I'd love to help you find the church and to get some material into your hands. Now, church, uh, we're going to have Pastor Henry Marlene and Huvi and Debbie up here. If you need prayer for anything at all, we want to agree, touch and agree. Something happens when you touch and agree. Come on. And I, and I believe that God will answer your prayer. We don't pray to a, a, a God. We don't, a, a, a statue. We don't pray to, to, to hopefully get a couple of prayers to stick. We pray knowing that our God hears us and that he acts on our behalf. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands. I pray a blessing over you and then dismiss and you can come up here for prayer if you need. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I, I speak life over them. I speak prosperity over them. I speak healing and wholeness over them. I speak peace over them. I declare that this week will be the best week they've ever had. I declare a spirit of wisdom and revelation over your life as you study the word that the, your, the, the eyes of your inner man will be enlightened and flooded with light. I declare you're rooted and grounded in love. I thank you, Father, that promotion is their portion, increase is their portion, and I declare that you your path will get brighter and brighter in Jesus' name. Amen. You're now dismissed. Have a wonderful Sunday.